It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the lie. Okay, hey, Mike. Um, we never talk about this, but tell me. How do record sales affect you now in this modern era? It's like, what is that? Do they matter anymore when it comes to album like Equals or Equals or Six Sigma or even Upstream and Downstream? Yeah, it's a very different phenomenon now. It's gauged in so many ways. In the 80s, our success was gauged purely by the sale of records. But now it, it's a combination of factors. And, uh, and it, it's, it's almost driven not by sales, but by listenership. And we've seen a massive growth in the alarms listenership in the last couple of years uh, through all the touring of America, particularly the Sigma tour last year and, and the, the presence that in particular Sigma made in the world with had incredible reviews, probably the best reviews in the history of the band. Incidents like having a music from my history played in 13 Reasons Why and becoming huge Netflix hits and you, people using Shazam to find out what those songs are and then those connections taking them into the alarms world or, and even things like when um, uh, Brandon Flowers from The Killers played Rain in the Summertime at Cardiff Castle, that sent a huge ripple across the internet of people wanting to discover who this song was that he, he hadn't introduced on stage. What was it, a new killer song? It was. It drove a lot of people to see uh, the band in the summer in America. And, and so um, we, we've been really thrilled with the way our um, presence has grown as a band, you know, in terms of the, the equals was the number three rock album in the UK. Sigma went even better and became the number one album. Both records made it into the to the Billboard charts, which again aren't just based on sales of your physical records anymore. They're based on your listenership and the general profile that the band has right across the music genre of platforms that, that exist in the world. So it's um it's a really exciting time because it's it basically means it's a level playing field. We're not competing with the multi-billion dollar uh, record labels who can buy records to the top, top of the charts. Now it, it, it doesn't feel music like fan those, driven. those record companies are flailing, flailing a little bit trying to figure out what to do in this era. Uh, oh, very much so, because record labels are run by you know people from an older generation like like I am, and they're still they're, they're still trying to figure out what what's happening on through the internet, and because it never stays the same. Everything's moving on so fast. And, uh, and it's very hard to keep up and stay consistent with your audience. You know, when we, when we started in the digital area with you, Steve, it was the alarm.com and that was it. No <laughs> one put their music out on the internet, but now there's millions of outlets. You, you know, even, even in the, the source of the digital world, where you know, I, I mainly think about Spotify as the main provider. Yeah, I, me, I don't know too. why that is, but that seems, that seems to be the provider. It seems to have dominated iTunes, but that's still a massive platform. And then you've got all the others. We, we, I just had um, a conference meeting uh, in London with Ingrooves who are distributing the Alarms catalog now and all on new music as well. And, and, and it was really interesting to go there and, and see how everything is changing and there's, hu there's pla huge platforms for listenership in China and, and India wow. and it, it's it's all it's all about get making your music available and accessible in those platforms and and how you how you even upload your music into the digital world so it can be recognized by Alexa <laughs> hey you know it's like funny that. That I would say that my, my friend at work who's Indian he told me when he was growing up that um, Queen was the biggest band in the 80s where he was. So you, know, you just never know about, about this. You never, absolutely. absolutely. And the great thing is now when we break down, uh, on, we go into my Spotify um, back, uh, in the back channels of Spotify, you, you can almost see on a daily basis where people are listening to the music. We've, we seem to have a lot of listeners in South America, which is a territory that Belong never really gone to and played live, so that, that's something to potentially look at in the future when we're planning dates uh, on the American content. Our continent is to maybe look to go to South America. We've got good, healthy listenership in Asia as well, um, where you, you, we, we, again they're places that we've never really been to as the band, but somehow our music is reaching out into those uh, communities and. Uh, 
and to be able to see that and and be able to maybe bring that into the planning of how we're going to play shows in the future, where we're going to play those shows. That's, it's really interesting and thought-provoking and exciting all at the same time. Yeah, you've got a lot of tools now to help you figure out, you know, where is the place to go to try to uh, try to build build a build a listenership and stuff. That's really cool. Um, some of the good sides of Spotify, I guess. So, um, but from from that standpoint, you know, you, you're how you know I've heard anecdotal evidence that. Um, people aren't making any money from those streaming platforms. So, you know, is, are, are you still basing your uh, your uh, your direction on live shows and, and selling, you know, the merchandise through the MPOs? Is how that works, or or do you? you know? Yeah, it's it, it's always been about the live platform for me. That that's always been the ultimate thrill is to take your music and go and play it with your audience in front of people and and have that communal um, existence happening and and, and that call and response that happens when, when you play those songs to audiences who, who give their opinions back to you in, in front of your eyes with, in your presence of, of the band and, and, and the music creation experience and uh, it, that's never really really changed for me and uh, so the whole process is always about driving people to, to come to see the band play and, and that's you know even in, in the 80s you know the, the alarm we, we I always say people get an impression that uh, you know the, the, the you can you, when you go on make a record you all of a sudden you become a millionaire you know we, we had it when we were called 17 and we made the don't let go single you know we, we were we could barely scrape together a living in those days but because we made a record and got, got onto the local newspaper you know we had to go to court with the the social security services who <laughs> were trying to stop our flat payments and you know and all that and uh, and we ended up in a big um, court case with them which, which we won because we were just we were working musicians trying to make a, a living and and that's 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 still how it, how it works today we're all still musicians working to make a living to to be able to play and, and record and write our music and and be able to get from one album to the next. And it's, I think with music, it's only really when you, you scale the stratosphere and you go into that sort of uber million dollar selling stratosphere that you could, that's when you can put your feet up and not have to think about making a record for 10 more years. And I wouldn't want that existence. I wouldn't want to be in the position where, oh, Mike, you can't go on tour for the next three years because you've just sold 25 million albums and played 55,000 stadiums and they've all been sold out and so there's no room for your music anymore for you've got to lie low for four or five years I would hate that uh, yeah I mean me. no, I know what you mean I always I mean, wanted to be a musician that made records and wrote songs and played gigs and that's that's and that's what you do right now right and and um and if there are very few people who get to the what you just described right there you know um it, it's it's a very difficult place to get to and once you do, if you take a look at like a band like, let's say, uh, U2, although I hate to mention them, um, they have no reason to make a record. Like their records are almost irrelevant these days because because they, you know, everything they do outside of them seems to be more important than the actual music they make. And that that's well, I think it, I, yeah, I think it, I think all, all, it, it's a it's just different challenges. We're, you know, we're all we're all bands equal all bands created equal we, we all have different opportunities in front of us and sometimes just because you you've got an empire behind you and a multi-million dollar marketing budget doesn't make you the best uh, or the strongest or the fittest or the most agile you know I, i'm bit, been very interested to see how coldplay have been uh, um responding to the modern era now with, with their new album they played a show in jordan at sunset and one at sunrise and played and I thought that was really creative, and it was like, wow, that's the kind of idea I love to come up with. <laughs> that's the kind of my thinking. And I, I and you know, hit to hear them question how they should be going on tour. And I think a lot of bands are at that stage. You know, I think uh, you two have just been to India and probably opened up a new territory for themselves and played to people who, who weren't that familiar with them. And sure. I, I'm sure they probably really enjoyed the challenge of going out there and, and playing to an audience who maybe don't know what I Will Follow is on New Year's Day. They, they might know the global superstar hits that they, they're associated with. So it, it'd be in, I'm sure it was very interesting for them and, and maybe probably one of the best things they've done for a long time. And, and uh, yeah, but there's no reason why any band can't make its greatest record at any point in its life. 
Uh, it's just that, you know, especially now, I, I, for me personally, we've come to the, we're right at the end of a decade and the start of a new one. And, uh, yeah, I still, my drive is still to keep the Alarm as a relevant band. And how we do that in the next decade is, the, is a challenge and uh, that's, that's there for us all to um, accept, you know, for the audience, you know, to, to think, well, do I still want to be into this band? You know, I still want to follow Mike Peters around, you know, they're going to have to make those questions as well. And, uh, and, and my job is to still make music and play concerts in a way that uh, is relevant to the audience we have. And, and it's, it's, um, it's a real when, when you see how your audience grows with a lot of people who were there at the beginning are still with us today. And there's a lot of new people who've come along in more recent times through, through other adventures that, that we've put our faith musically into and have become fans and, and have discovered the back catalogue and, and uh, they're, they're, it's, it's always a balancing act, I think. And uh, so it's, I find it a really interesting time and uh, you know, really looking forward to what, what uh, the challenges unfold over the next 10 years. It's, um, it's uh, really, I, I just find it really galvanizing musically to, to, to have the opportunity to put our music out and know it's going to be heard. For around the world, you know, in, in the 80s, we didn't know, we didn't know if our music would get to India or China or the record pressings would get that far. Record shop in, in Mumbai would buy an alarm record and have it <laughs> stocked, you know. Yeah. Was, but now I know that when when we bring out a new album at some point in the future and put it up on into the into the internet, it it can be heard all around the world by anyone who chooses to click on the word the alarm and, and find the music, and that's that's really exciting. And uh, something that uh, needs so does it does it? I got a few questions. Mind. I got a few questions about this. So first, first of all, um, does it bother you that people somewhat click on that and get it for free? Uh, not really, because I think if if it, my challenge is, has always been to present the music in such a way that, that that engages people straight away from the first chord, the first ten seconds, saying, "I've got to go and see that band live." And, and I think, you know, Mike Peters, The Alarm, whatever guys it's taken out in the world, the, the ultimate experience is being at the show. That's always been something that has been at the core of what the group has sure. stood, yeah, been, been about always. You know, and, and there's, it's a generalisation, but everyone says it. Oh, the records don't come close to how it is when you're playing live. And, uh, and that's, you know, that for me now, I'm 60 years old. It's that's a challenge to bring. Where's that energy going to come from as I get older? How yeah. am I going to be able to transform that into the human being that I, I am now? You know, I try everything I can to maintain my fitness, my health. You know, I've been through plenty of health battles and survived, and I'm still standing. And that, that brings another kind of energy to it as well that's, that's different to when I was 20 odd years old and bursting onto the scene. And uh, so it's. Um, you know, but I, I just think, for me, you can't stop thinking about it. I, I can't. I'm, I'm fairly obsessed with the alarm and the legacy and what we stand for, and you know, tying the knots together and bringing ideas forward into the future that, that we're realised at certain points in history. They can still come forward and be part present and part of what happens in the future. And uh, it's uh, it's just I just find it really exciting, intriguing. It's very still a great mystery to me. Uh, the, the art of making music. I'm still obsessed, but where does it come from? Why does it land some of this music, some of these lyrics land on my doorstep? <laughs> my doorstep. You know, how come I'm the one who has to stand behind these lyrics? You know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's interesting, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah think about it is. I, you know, philosophically, why are from? you the radio? Or why are you the, the, the speaker for some of these ideas? You know? Yeah, it's really intriguing. And, and, and the, the older I get, the more. You know, am I getting closer to the source or further away from it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, um, about that balance that you say you need to strike. I think there is, there's definitely uh, a sense that um, some of the some of the older material is 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 being, I guess maybe sunsetted isn't the word, but but pushed a little bit uh, back for some of the new stuff in the last year or so, which is not a bad thing. I mean, there's, there's tons of great new songs. And um, how do you, 
and, I, and, and then of course you get upstream and downstream, which is a you know complete you know recon- deconstruction or reconstruction of two albums at once, which is um, which is which is amazing. How, how are you managing that? I mean, do you? I, I don't know if you if you read comments anymore. I don't. Um, on the internet no I don't um, either no I, don't. I stay away from that so. um, but, but otherwise ha- it, it just clouds your judgment but well for me it's I, I think um, one thing I have in in the in the sort of scheme of things where, where I can uh, uh, survive and operate as a musician and, and uh, is that I, I have the, the a, a rare gift to be able to and it's an opportunity I think and it's to be able to go out and play songs on my own with an acoustic guitar and then also come back armed with everything I've learned from that experience into a band configuration and, and, and play under the banner of the alarm and present all the music I've been associated with for most of my life. And and it's but it's it's playing the acoustic songs on my own solo that I find that is is the place where that's the breathing ground for all the thinking that that, that drives the future. When 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 it's really interesting on on this current tour where I was obviously as you say deconstructing either Hurricane and Change and playing them in a very unique way and then in the third act of that tour opening it up to encores and having the audience holding up their banners and shouting out their songs it was very interesting to see what songs people wanted to hear after all that you know they, they, they'd heard 39 songs then it was their ch- chance to sort of put the money in the jukebox and see what comes out and uh it was just really interesting to see the songs that people uh, ask for, and that's that that makes that's what really drives my thinking. Why are they asking for that song now? Why is it only now they're asking for? You know, second generation got asked for a lot. Why is that in in the forefront of people's minds today? It's you know, it wasn't requested four years ago. So yeah, I, I, yeah that's, you're right. That, that's you know, that's what you know. Even on the Sigma tour, when when we were doing the pre-show acoustic experiences with, with Gareth hosting and, and we, we, it was very interesting it was it was almost like a fact-finding mission to see what your audience is really thinking about what they're engaged with right now what they what they're rediscovering what they are discovering what they like and what they've had enough of and it's a real barometer of, of what you can get take into the future with you so I, I find that you know I, I'm lucky to be able to do that I can I can go play, go guitar and play. Oh no, I lost you completely. Do that. Not okay. many artists have that opportunity, you know. So yeah. it's a, it's special to me that I think. Hey Mike, I'm losing your audio again. Oh. I think it's oh, you right. though. It's not me this time. Oh okay. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I heard it go doo doo. So maybe that was something. Okay. Are you still getting yeah, it? Now? Yeah, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. Okay, great. You can edit those. So, is, do you find any, you know, on on that on that note, is there so sort of a common zeitgeist that you feel um, arose? You mentioned second generation. Um, is there anything else that was common, you know, among um, shows or countries or people that that surprised you um, about what people were requesting well, or asking for? I, I, I don't know. Something intriguing to me is, is recently is. It's hearing second generation and playing it and then connecting with the lyric again. Uh, or even the song like Absolute Reality, which we played hundreds of times. That was a song that got asked for a lot. And I was thinking that that quite possibly um, has is a, a song from our past, which is more relevant now than ever before. You know, when it's singing about climate change with, with the cause and the solution too. And it, and you see people really digging into that lyric. and uh, And that's... That's again. Well, I'm, I'm part of me thinking it. You know, are we going to be one of those bands, the Alarm, that is um, is cherished a bit more after it's been laid to rest? Is it one of those bands that has to sort of live out its life before it really lives? And uh, and 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 uh, so lots of bands it, like that. Yeah, there are, and so I, I'm just really happy to be in the midst of it all, living living it right now. And and, uh, and I, I'm just um, really intrigued to see where it's going because sometimes, you know, I might be the master of the ship, but it's the wind that blows it in the direction it's going to go. Um, and I sometimes think, well, let's see where 
where, where it, it's all going to take me. You know, and, and for many years, I think I've always tried to direct it and, and, and make sure it's seen in the right light. But, but sometimes, I'm, I'm, you know, again, it's the beginning of a whole new decade for me as an artist, for a musician, for the world, for, for mankind. Yep. And, uh, and so it's time to, to um, make sure our radar and our receptacles are, 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 and uh, our, our receivers are, 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 are pointed in the right way and ready to, to go where humanity is going to go now. Where's music going to go in the next 10 years? I don't know, but it's just... I'm excited to be part of whatever's going to happen because I, th I still think music has a massive part to play in the world and, and the shaping of the world and, and the ideas that are spread around the planet. And, um, and so I, I'm lucky to be alive, lucky to be doing this whole thing, uh, lucky to have been doing it for all of my adult life. And, uh, and so, yeah, I can't wait to see what, what's coming. Well, I have a question, another question about that. We keep getting off on the tangents, but a few years ago when... Uh, when the political tides were changing a lot, I had the feeling that music was going to get way better and, and actually attack these things the way they did in the 70s and 80s, and it hasn't happened. And at least from my standpoint, it hasn't happened, or well enough to do to, for, for there to be any sort of movement or social change. Why do you think that is? It's interesting, yeah, because I, I do agree with you. I don't see young bands tackling it in the same way not not um bands that really are making a connection to an audience i'm sure there's some bands out there yeah that are doing sound it vendors yeah. speaking it and you know the other people out there um but um i, I don't i think i think the the the, the main um uh, arena to play in is so controlled now and it, it's it's just driven by certain amount of promoters who own all the festivals around the world that you know that own the the, the gateway into onto tv you know there's no no tv outlets anymore when, when we were growing up musically and i say when i say growing up i mean as, as young adults not just as kids uh when when we were maturing you know a lot of our music was visual and and, and we saw it on mtv and we saw you know the video channels and and uh and and, it, and there was a lot of TV on uh, TV music, you know, it was Top of the Pops and American Bandstand and 120 minutes that everyone tuned into it was essential. Well, it was uh, like a weekend. common truth that people were all yeah. seeing at the same time. Yeah, and we don't have that now. You know, everyone puts their music on YouTube. It's it's and some break out and, and they're colossal, uh, but it's those colossal hits tend to be fairly. Um, almost gimmicky really they don't seem to say too much uh you know because they, they they to become colossal in the modern world you can't be divisive you can't choose a side you have to be all things to all people and then you can have those global kind of hits well, that's what I was gonna say. didn't it didn't i i you know i don't follow this too closely but i thought i heard a couple of weeks ago uh you two had had supported some revolutionary in philippines i may be totally wrong about this and and then the audience turned on them about it and they had to apologize wow. for it and it feels like you know like you have to play it safe just like you said to play both sides to to um to uh, to appease everyone because you don't know which side a whole group of people are on anymore no there's no, no common truth think... about what's good and what what's right no no nobody wants to say who they're voting for to a pollster uh, no. anymore no one wants to reveal themselves in that way the the, the, the the secrecy of the ballot box is sacrosanct and that's where you find out the real truth that's why a lot of elections have gone completely the opposite way of thinking of, of late and uh, it's you know, we're living in, in a world that where the the actual audience themselves are a massive they they're the stars you know they're the they're, they're the masters now you know it's not follow the band it's the band follows the audience uh, most, I mean, and the shift with their dynamic hands are, you know, a thumbprint away from being deleted from some because they presence in the world. You know, that's one thing that's a benefit to the alarm is we sold a lot of records in the 80s and they're still in the world. You know, they haven't been broken down, melted down, and recycled. They're still in people, some of them are still in people's lofts and haven't been touched for a long time. Some cherished and played every day. 
uh, but they're, they're, we have a physical presence in a lot of people's homes and in their, their lives. And, and, and those records can always be brought out, dusted down, and say, I'm going to go and see the alarm now, what's going on? And, and I think, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that when people come to see the alarm, we're still a band that are active. We're still, you know, even through Love, Hope, Strength, changing people's lives when we're, when we're trying to save lives. So when, when, we, when, we, when the, the recent tour, uh, was played in the UK, the, the Hurricane and Chase tour. It was it was a very political tour because it was those records were created in very political times. Um, and when the end of the industrial re revolution, the, the dawn of the new information age, it, it was it was all written right there. The parallels of 30 years ago were immense, and they became more. Um, they just became more obvious every night I played the toy and, and you thought, instead of the Berlin Wall coming down it was another barrier going up and we were faced with Brexit here in the UK and um, different kinds of politicians coming into power, same in America. Actually changing world now, I still think, you know, we don't know, we still don't realise how powerful the audience has in this in this in the say that they're, they're the makers of the stars and the breakers of the stars and I, I was just reading the other day how uh, you, governments like Russia are, are trying to they've created a new form of internet haven't they? I can't remember the name of it but I was reading about it the other day and they, they launched it and tried to run it as a test run in 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 Russia where everyone goes on through the net so they can control what what is the spread of information, but sure. like China's doing, and you think, how long is that going to cut? You know, I, I, I still think the internet will blow up one day and we'll be back to the old MPO and writing letters and slicking stamps and putting yeah. <laughs> communicating people through their addresses. Uh, that's probably going to happen, you know, because it, it, the voice of humanity is so powerful now when you see what, what what's happening with climate change, how that is. You know, I still think the new rock and roll is probably Extinction Rebellion and people following that. And, that I think you know, you're right I, about. I, yes, yes. That, that's where people are going, and, and it's 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 multi generational. I I, got, I went to meet um, a, a theatre director in Cambridge on the tour recently, and uh, Extinction Rebellion had a blockade around the city, and, and we couldn't drive in in cars, so I had to walk it two miles into the city to have my meeting, and uh, and it was all about a future um, engagement for the hurricane of change which is exciting that's and cool. uh, and it just seemed relevant that the extinction rebellion was happening all around us because that's they are the the ghosts of rebecca that this, that uh, i sing about in the album you know they are the the rebecca with the original resistance movement rising up to to sort of save the planet for humanity and and and, and here it is again covered as extinction rebellion but walking through the seat streets and seeing the protesters and they were there was grandmothers there and, and there was grandchildren there and you, you know the leading voice in climate change is Greta Thunberg and you see or see that's how it's a young you know a young innocent teenager leading uh, with, uh, the world with a huge voice and and so the dynamic of of of, of the whole protest and, and the idea of protest movement is changing and it's not just the resolve of, of bands anymore it's uh, it manifests in in the world in other ways and, and that's why i think probably some the alarm is one of the most important things that ever happened to the alarm was was ironically is me getting cancer and, and helping start the love hope strength foundation because yeah. that is an actual testimony to everything we've sung about and tried to do it it's a reality and a consequence of all the music all the handshaking all the the, the love we tried to spread from the stage through, through the music we created and uh, and it, it manifests it in love hope strength and um, so I think again we, we most most music artists who are coming up now are young they, 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 they make music they dance on television they go on TV shows they act they uh, they, they modern clothes they do all kinds of things and, and I think uh, yeah. you know I don't think you can be one-dimensional anymore. I think that's the part of the challenge for the alarm. Not that I'm going on Strictly Come Dancing tomorrow, but uh, it's it, it's how do we make the band multi-dimensional? Yeah, we've got Love, Hope, Strength. What else do we have to do to, to stay relevant and, well, and I mean, make do, our music do you start part of people's lives? As a fashion lives? designer, I mean, you could go back to that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Bring back riot clothing. That's what I say. That's right. <laughs> but it's just an. It, it, I find it so interesting how um, 
you, you communicate to your audience now through every action you make, every tweet, post, Instagram, Facebook, uh, writing that you do. It, it's all part of the, the, that a lot of people now uh, are judging that go with it you know they, they say right I'm not, I'm not coming to this because it's too expensive or I'm not going to that it's not far enough or not close enough to where I live and yeah we just gotta have to re, re I just think it and I think it's a good thing rethinking re-evaluating is, is at the core of the band's existence it's what Unsafe Building was all about and we're right back there today you seem to be back there every few years to be honest tearing it down and building it back up again yeah I, it's really important, you know, that we have to live like that. You know, we really have to, um, you know, you can't write those words and not live them. No. Not live them out. And <laughs> you can't. Sorry, you can't. And that, that's the tenet of the band. And, and some people don't like that, but that's, that's, that's who we are. So, uh, okay, a question about upstream and downstream. You, you mentioned a little bit uh, about the Rebecca. Um, I've always been... Um, I didn't n never really understood what that was about. I felt like there is a, you know, there's a balance. I think I imagine between uh, saving uh, the Welsh homeland and the nationalism that goes along with that. Um, and I think you tried to address that in the change record. Um, but can you explain a little bit about about the the, the struggle there, the balance between? You know, saving what's going, but what's going away, but at the same time, the, you know, not, not, not being welcome to outside influences. I guess. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know we're, we're, we're all, the world is changing around us every minute of every single day, and uh, and when you know when I was writing the Change album and I the Hurricane before that, it was it was traveling through Wales that opened my eyes to um, the, the impact of change. When, when you're young and you're bulletproof and you, and you start your band, you think, this is it, it's going to last forever. Nothing's going to come along and take this away from me. Nothing's going to change it. But it, it does. And, and uh, it was the first time when I had to really think about how we were going to survive beyond the, into another decade. And, and to, to, to find the survival mechanism, I sort of look back into the history of my own country and realized that Wales was defined itself as a, a nation through acts of defiance, through um, coming together of people like the Rebecca who would try to take the land back for, for their own and, and, and stop the, 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 the land grab that was going on to, to seize the resources that, that could drive the economy of a small country like Wales. And, uh, and, and then to see, the, the again, as an adult seeing the, the miners' strike in the 80s and, and being affected by that and seeing how that, that, that you could see that it was almost a futile battle because the, the industrial revolution had come to an end and it decreed that the, the old ways of life had to be broken up and, uh, and it was really sad to see and, but it was almost inevitable and it was, but it was, it was then, then it's like well okay if this really is the end what's next because life goes on and and when you come to uh, a finality, then it, 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 you have to then find a way to sort of survive beyond that and, uh, and lay to rest all, everything you've known. And, and I, I've had to face that so many times in my life, not through to, to be around and play music this long. And as every band who's still in this position or artist is lucky enough to, to be able to have an audience this long after they've made their first records, it, it will everyone's faced this challenge and how do you go on and and so that that's really where the hurricane of change is is centered uh, on that eternal battle between you know living through one day and getting through it and realizing that when you wake up in the morning you've got to do it all over again <laughs> and, and life doesn't get easier <laughs> as you get older it gets tougher you know because You've got more to hang on to. You've got more to live for. More to, more experiences to judge everything by, and uh, so it becomes to find fresh territory, to find fresh ways forward, it, new ways forward. It just becomes more difficult every single time, and um, it's sometimes it's easy to give up and, and think, oh, "I'm just going to sit back on my laws. I've, I've written enough songs, I've made enough music. Who really cares about any new ones?" Well, I do. 
<laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to carry on trying to find the space and the creative energy to make new music. And is there is there new music being written right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean I'm 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 uh, involved in a, a lot of projects right now. A lot of writing. I've uh, been, you know, again when I went out on the Hurricane and Change tour because it's fairly solitary uh, when the the after the sound check the, and the doors are opening, people coming into the venue. I'm often sat in the dressing room preparing myself for the show, and it's in those moments that when you, you there's a little bit of tension, bit of nerves because you're about to go on stage. A bit of there's a thrill, there's a, a tense something going on, and, and there's the, the excitement of the, the voices coming through the the from the auditorium feeding into the dressing room, and that, often that's when the new music I write comes alive, and, and I start to record ideas on, into my recorders that I have around all, all over the place, and put ideas down, and and uh, and then lyrics start to come, and and again. Yeah, I really feel like we're in really, you know, we just made two of the best albums the Alarm ever had in Equals and Sigma. They've both been really respected critically. They've been really accepted Good by the fans. Yeah, yeah. and mate, you know, when we play them live in, on the American tour, it was, you know, it was a pretty good balance of half modern material and half from the original foundation period of the band's history yeah quite and, literally and all like every other song all stood up yeah it all stood up and stacked up and there was you didn't feel like here's the song where everyone goes to the bar moment <laughs> and uh, it no. was, everyone was engaged from start to finish and and so it, we again got a huge foundation to build on going ahead and and uh, and i I'm, and so there's a lot of music being created, formed, and, uh, and 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 it will all come rushing out at the appropriate time of the next year or two. I'm sure. No, that's well, great. lots of plans. But I mean, <laughs> let's go back a little bit to the stuff you did because the um, upstream or downstream and upstream are very interesting records um, for multiple reasons. Um, one, you know, it seems like uh, downstream, which is really Eye of the Hurricane. Right, I mean, is the is the hurricane, yeah. the hurricane um, sessions uh, the, the full cycle? It feels like that um, when you were that one is less ambitious than upstream in that musically, a lot some of the songs are similar to the ones that were on the record that were on the original record. Um, whereas upstream, almost every single track is is a is a ground up recreation of of the uh of, of the originals um is there a reason for that or is that is that just the way that it came out when you were doing that doing those records i think it's, yeah i think part of it was that it was the way it came out i certainly remember being in the studio and uh starting with with um and literally we, we did i did start at the beginning you know i didn't when smiley and, and george williams came to the studio um with the idea of producing and helping me make the record uh, they they said right where are we starting Mike and I said well here's here and I read them the opening few words that proceed uh, and and I said this is the first song we're going to tackle here's the demo and and they said right what we're going to do after that I said well let's do this first then I'll tell you what we're going to do next <laughs> <laughs> and and so we literally created each song for itself you know one at a time. Uh, rather than say, let's work on six songs and build them all up and do all the guitars, then all of them. It was literally, each song was built up um, individually from the ground up. And, and at first, the, you know, we, we had a fairly open space to work in. But the more we filled it, by the time we got to the end of um, the, the downstream with, with, with hurricane songs, um, it, I was quite exhausted at the end of that process. And, and I, I had been trying to do both recordings in one big session but I knew we needed to take a break and sort of come back to uh, refocused to then go back upstream through the change albums and, and I, so I think when we got to recording the, the second part this act two if you like to, to get to upstream um, there was a lot of things that we'd already done in the first album that we, we that we had to stay away from and uh, so it, it it made it even more challenging I think to, to create uh, upstream uh, because we utilized a lot of our weaponry in that first phase and the second phase we had to really think outside the box and I, I remember thinking quite 
where, where, where are we going with this? How, how, what are we going to do next? How are we going to find more ideas? But the lyrics were so profound. And, uh, and I, I, I think that um, they, 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 the lyrics themselves came to life again, being set free from the, the 1980s uh, bedroom setting, if you like. Yes. The, the suits and the clothing they were given in the 80s. It was stripped right circumstances around these songs. And, and I think and they, that's why they've become so relevant to the story today. If, if we if we just reissued Hurricane Chain said, oh, they, these have a relevance to today, but they were recorded 30 years ago, it wouldn't be quite be the same. They, they'll still take you back to the Berlin Wall coming down and, and the end of the miners' strike and, and all that kind of thing. Whereas when you hear these new recordings, you're instantly, you're, you're involved in Trump and Brexit and the changing world and Putin and all these new yes. things that have happened all around us. And, and that's that's your information that you are bringing into your list here in these. Um, um, and when again, I, I think I think as well with either Hurricane and Change, um, they were both albums that were, were, were played probably played a lot at the time, but maybe put down and not as listened to as say the last twenty years. It's always been declaration and strength that have dominated the past headline. Alarm has written. They, they've been the things that people want to hear live. I, I've always thought we, we, a lot of people have come to me on this tour, and, and the, uh, their favourite album, maybe not the ones they played as much, because they were, probably came appeared when the sun was setting on the alarm a little bit. But but I think what I'm really proud about this uh, project is is how it's brought those records and made them people be able to realize they are just as much an equal with, with declaration and strength. And there was a, a strong creative line, a really strong and bold um, quality through, throughout all the records the alarm made in the 80s. And, and what I'm seeing with Hurricane The Change now, it, it, it's taken on a whole new life. Uh, 2020, it's not so Oh, it's growing. There's, um, well, I've got just in the theatrical world. I've taken it forward uh, at the gathering this January. We're presenting it as a, a piece of immersive rock theatre, oh, cool. uh, uh, which I think people are going to find really interesting. The audience um, are, are going to be asked to be part of the show. I'm asking them to come dressed in a certain way. Uh, I've got Sean Jones, who's an, an actor, who's a big Alarm fan, but he, he was in Blood Brothers, which is a age production that's toured, that endlessly toured the country. It's never, it's been one of the biggest hits in British theatrical history. He's only just finished in Blood Brothers. He's going to take on the, the role of the narrator, and he's going to be carrying the story forward. So I can just play the music and separate from the story a little bit, so we can as a rock, but with all the theatrical elements around it and some elements of um, experiences I've ex been a part of in last few years. I've been to a few secret cinema productions in London, which immerse everyone in the theatrical experience and bring the acting out off the screen into the into the theatre itself. And it's mentioned some of that at the gathering. And, and we've got, uh, you know, I, I know I've already got a, a theatre ready to, uh, to uh, which I won't say too much about now because I've got a, <laughs> a all something to come in the new year. But it's all, it's about taking uh, stream into the theatre and making it a, a, a real uh, live production with acting and immersion and and screens and and rock music playing and the and the audience becoming part of the show where. When the certain protagonists come onto the stage, they can boo or cheer whichever <laughs> way they feel, um, and we can make it. And we can make the show and the outcome feel amazing and, and, and really challenging for people, and, and really riveting and something that that will make them think as well about their own lives and which way they how they're going to respond to the changes which we're all going to have to uh, live with in in the coming years. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. So that's your 
the next. I'm sure that's the next big announcement you'll have next year. It, it, yeah, I'll probably go up tonight or tomorrow. It's <laughs> <laughs> precedes the, the podcast because uh, uh, that's that's uh, what we're we've got lined up to um, to go out in the next day or so. So yeah, it should be uh, really. I'm really excited about the gathering. I know that. Uh, you know, we're, it's just again that it's something that, that I want to look at again in, in the future of the gathering. It's long running. You know, we're, we're coming up. This is our 28th year. We're, again, we're at the start of a decade where we we've, the gathering's always been part of the new decade. But just this last few years, we've, we've taken it to New York. We play, played experiments with it in Los Angeles at UCLA. We had a midsummer gathering, and it's all part of seeing where can we go in the future with. You know the demands of travel and and putting you know the whole idea of the gathering was that people came to us on tour well maybe that that idea isn't so relevant anymore in in the modern era where, where we're looking at how many people go on planes and fuels fossil fuels and all, all those kind of things so it's just, again it, it's time for change just like you know probably should have called sigma change too, <laughs> something that, and heralded the new decade uh, like we did with the last time we did that in in, uh, in 89 but i think 30 years it's a long time to be alive and so this this isn't just like 10 years this, this feels like right we're coming into another era now not just another decade and so the thinking has to be strong it has to be um, clear and uh, and I, I need time to do that as well. So uh, I think you, you're making a good point there. Because the turn between 2010 into the uh, the teens didn't seem as as significant as this, did it? Um, no. Um, and then we, um, you know, when we when we went through 89 to 90, it was the Berlin Wall, and it was we thought, wow, this is all happening. Europe's going to change. It, you know, it was it was uh, exciting time to be alive. And then then the next decade end was was the millennium and a whole new era was coming into being and the doomsday clock had never happened and uh, and, and then and then 2010 came along and that, that just that just came and went i don't even remember you know that we had the direct action out album out and then it this felt like 10 years of yeah it was a great record of it and it just felt like but we were then into it was you know 30 years of alarm history was about to be unveiled with from unsafe building and re-looking at declaration and like i think the, the last 10 years of learning how to balance the history of the band with the modern modernity of the group and balance declaration to sigma i think that's created a great foundation for, for a big step that's uh, that, that this next decade is going to bring for us all you know it's a generational change i think rather than a personal one this time is that what you're hinting at with the tagline for the gathering being this could be the last time well yes because you know I, like i have to i have to look at myself think see what age i am how, how i can uh, you know i think i mentioned it earlier in the podcast how i can still uh, capture and yep. harness an energy that 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 makes the alarm feel like the alarm when you come see the band you know it's uh, and and the and find the way that I can still play a song like 68 Guns and still make it relevant, still be proud to sing it and still make it be something that that, up, that, that, that is a big part of what we do as well and, and also create the music that can live alongside that and it's it, I, I, it just doesn't happen by hoping it's going to happen it, 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 it comes around because you have, to, you have to be able to dig deep you have to be prepared to dig deep and you have to be ask people to come on massive journeys with you of uh, leaps of faith almost and uh, so i don't know where this is where it's going to you know I'm, i've been listening to all kinds of music from young bands like fontaine's dc and then going back to listen to a lot of old early joy division and 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 uh, again you know the, the great thing about the having the streaming service is you can leap around you can go from patty smith one minute and go and listen to journey if you want yeah you know? and you can make <laughs> as many playlists as you want of of different types of music and stick them together and see how they sound together that's it but the, on the other hand you know i've loved reconnecting to my vinyl connection and and uh and playing albums from start to finish and that that you know hurricane of change stream 
upstream downstream is, is a result of that. It's creating something that, that you have to listen to in its entirety to get it. And, and that that's, could be a bit of an anomaly. I don't know whether there's, whether there's a place for that in where we're going in the new future. Um, then only time will tell. But uh, you know that 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 there's I think there's room for both probably um, you know but again taking our music I'm really excited about the the opportunity maybe taking stream Hurricane of Change into a theatrical environment yeah. where it is you come in to see a real show you know the the tour was like that it was it was set in seated theatres but it was a monologue it was one man in character for two hours before I even said hello to the audience. <laughs> it was pretty intense. And, uh, but to be able to break out of that discipline and then add all sorts to it, I'm really excited about where that um, it's just in the, you know, when you look back in history, you think of how Tommy for The Who set them free from being a singles mod band into something massive in the end, something that, was, that, that transcended genre. And uh, so, you know, hope maybe this is this hurricane change can be some way of liberating the, the alarm from its history, but, but uniting it with into something fresh and, and that's all about the present. So it's uh, I'm really uh, intrigued to see where it's going to go, because to take it into the theatre world, there's going to be a theatrical direction involved in that which might mean writing parts of it or, or extending parts of the dialogue or the monologue who knows uh, it's just going to be interesting to work with some different disciplines and see how that come back into the music you know we, we, we're in in um, in a year's time it will be time to think about the alarm's 40th anniversary so so all these things are going to impact on what we do so are you thinking about a full band being in that in that setting um playing in yeah the that, that, that's what yeah absolutely that's what i'm in uh, i am hoping to uh, achieve at the gathering is is that the band will be on stage as the band uh, and and but in between there'll be things happening in and around the stage in and amongst the audience that will enhance the theatrical aspect of um, and also propel them and uh and suck them into the story even more and also uh, uh, bring out their own feelings make them bring out the make them want to question well, what's going on here what, what, what's happening you know i think it's great you know i want it to be you know, i think a certain element of, of about music that's a bit safe as a, as a form of entertainment if you like in modern society when you go to see sports you don't know what's going to happen you know if you go and see the Lakers in LA, yes. you don't know if they're going to win or not. If I go and see Man United, well, they usually lose at the moment, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if, I don't, you know, when I'm going up to the to the stadium, I don't know what the, the lineup's going to be till one hour before. And then, I, and then it's like, wow, he's not playing. He is playing. Oh, she's on the bench. You know, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a dynamic that I, I think rock and roll, because of the internet and everyone, what a band plays one night is generally what they're going to play the next night. So everyone rolls up to the gig. They know what the band's going to start with. They know what they're going to finish with. They know what they're going to say in between every song. And that's it. And this, it's demystified the whole thing, taking a lot of that energy and tension out that we used to experience in the 80s when there was no great fine other than the word of mouth. Um, and people turn up a gig and had no idea what was going to be. They didn't even know who was in the band. Even stage times. If you remember, we would never know what time Bam was going on stage, and so no, and the, the audience. Everyone would, now. Yeah. Yeah. When, we, when I go to a gig and I glance into the Twitter world, it's like, what time is it you're going on stage? It's like, well, <laughs> you know, just turn up and it all happen, you know. <laughs> but it, it, it's uh, again, it's. I'm guilty of that all the time now, too. I want to know. Because. Yeah, I am the same. I agree. But I think they're the things that, you know, I just spent Christmas with, with Red Eye, my friend from the earliest days of, you know, when, when we were growing up. He was in Emi Road, he works for Bob Dylan, and, and he was saying, you know, and, and again, I, a lot of what I've done the last few years was driven by going to see Bob Dylan at the Albert Hall, and he, he'd rewritten um, Tangled Up in Blue at the Al and, and redid all the lyrics, put it in a whole new setting. I thought, wow, you know, that, the challenge of that was amazing. I was really, really drawn to that and tried 
to bring that element into the alarms music over the last 10 years. But uh, that's something Red and I were talking about was the tension of a gig of you don't know what's going to happen. But people almost want a certainty now. They want to go and see a band and they're going to get the hits and they're going to sing along and they're going to go home and they've bought a tour program or a t-shirt and that's it. Well, Whereas because that's with the way Hurricane they've engaged, change, right? This is the way that what they it. spent their money on, right? That's it, exactly. And that, so, But it's the same for people when they buy sports. They don't know the team's going to win, but they're happy to do it. And I, but I think, I think all of rock and roll has just become a little complacent that, you know, music followers have got used to the idea of just cherry picking the two or three songs they like on an album, put them in the playlist and they don't bother with the rest. They, they're taking the challenge out of the music environment. So um, I think it's, it's our job to, to sort of be as creators, to be thinking, how can we drive, bring all those people back to the gig and create the tension that made all the great rock and roll happen? You know, so saying a few minutes ago, um, in the 80s, people didn't know who was in the band when they first came to see the alarm. They, they'd maybe heard a record on the radio. They didn't know who, what we looked like. You know, there's maybe one grainy picture of one of us maybe playing a guitar in sounds or something, and, but they still came. And, and so I think it's, uh, that's, that's some of the element that I think I can bring back uh, to the dynamic with, with Hurricane of Change. And, and maybe going forward when we play the alarm shows in the future, again, on the Sigma tour we just did in America, it was a massive success. Biggest and best tour we've done in America for years and years and years. We broke a lot of barriers down. We had the, the, the pre-shows of people coming in. Yes, they were paying for that experience, but... That's were, what people do these were, days. That's, that, that's what They happens. were amazing. They were inc- it was a learning curve for me to be involved that close with the hardest, most uh, eloquent fans who, who wanted to hear songs that I hadn't played for years. And, 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 and I'm going to guess them. that they weren't the same people you see. These are people who would pay that money because they otherwise wouldn't try to see you after no. a show or something yeah they, they look for a lot of them they, they they would see they would maybe try and stay behind after the show but the same old same old would gathered around you with their arms like this is for me you know or whatever it is or they just couldn't break into the into the in, into the circles or they haven't got the same uh um wherewithal you know they don't want to push themselves to the front or t- feel like they're taking up your time right but it was just <laughs> great to meet fans from all walks of life who wanted to be in that situation and we could talk and play music for an hour and it was amazing and it was one of the best things we've ever done having gareth on the tour as an mc it, it made the tour feel like a big communal experience for everybody there wasn't a minute but when the audience were being were being addressed you know there's no boring changeovers where the amps are getting lifted off the stage and you just oh not as we go to the bar there's another 10 roadies you know it, was, it wasn't like that the show when you came in you were engaged from the minute you came in to the moment you left at the end of the night and and it was fantastic and, and i just think how can we make the touring feel more exciting because sometimes the things that you don't want to i've been dead set against doing any of those kind of you know as people call them meet and greets type of things right but i thought how can okay everyone it is part of the modern world now so how can we make it work to our advantage how can we use it to enhance the experience of coming to see the alarm and i think we've created a really successful model on, on the summer tour in america you know, we're looking at other ways. It's almost like that's what the gathering, the gathering that we started in 92 was a way fans could come to the venue, meet, hang out with me in the after show, ask the questions, get involved in quizzes, photographs, whatever they want. It's, it's sort of, and the gathering has always been seen by the outside world, by every other band on the planet, as been a bit of a revolution musically. And, uh, and as a, a musical gig, and lots of bands have copied the idea of the gathering. You know, it's coming up for nearly 30 years of existence now. And, and so my ambition is to, that's why I think the gathering has to be rethought, because we probably have to take that on, that idea is the future of touring, of how we're going to present ourselves on the road in the future as, as a band. And, and, and so we'll st- it'll still be, we come into every part of the world and, and play the music of the alarm and, uh, and trying to tap into uh, the future way of life that, that's coming for all of us. That sounds cool. I mean, that's a really intriguing thing that you uh, that you that you bring up for people to think about. Like, yeah, what, it, what does that it, actually it, mean? 
it's always the same you know the things that you don't do often you have to then start thinking well everyone else is doing those because we didn't do them how are we gonna you know we have to start doing it now to be part part of the future you know it's it, it's um you know that life is a pendulum swinging left and right and one day you're over there and the other head you, you know we, we see the only reason you are there is because i'm over here as dave sharp sang in reason 41 <laughs> and that's that, and you, you know we, we, we've got to still keep thinking and driving forward and that's why I'm, I'm really excited about the coming decade and the future of the alarm very cool okay so i got to click off just a few questions um that are lingering okay irish sea um sounds like it should be associated with edward henry street um when is that going to happen when when is the redo of edward henry street coming with additional songs <laughs> Boy, that- to- there you go. You see, that's why I like these conversations with people like you who are listening and absorbing the music and, and bringing up these questions. I haven't thought of that before. But yeah, Edward Henry Street is a probably a, a musical all of its own, isn't it? Which it yes, is. It is. You know, it's a <coughs> precursor of Hurricane and Change. And uh, so, yeah, so it's uh, that, 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 that's in the mind bag now. In this the age of the computer At the end of all industry version of devolution working man blues is incredible on upstream um sounds like i think so yeah should have been recorded that way in the first place can you explain why it wasn't and 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 why and how it sounds so much better the way it's done now as as opposed to then yeah i I think uh, at that time we we were we'd we'd become a little bit safe musically uh, to keep the balance in the group we went we were a little bit afraid of pushing each other to the edges of creativity because uh, that could have caused uh, more distress, kind of distresses that we'd experienced with either hurricane. So I think we were playing a little bit safe with change, to be quite honest. Um, uh, and that's why there, there's so much more potentially in those songs than we discovered at the time. And uh, so I think it, because I was working on my own, and, and also with other people like George and Smiley, who are creatives who want to go to the edge, we were able to take it into a much more modern setting. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, we could we could talk forever about that record, but people should just go get it and listen to it because those things are amazing. Just to hear. Well, I'm a whole year this year. I bet up, lots of that's what's coming up. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, um, exciting. And then uh, one more uh, question, uh, raw. So when are you even thinking about? how you would approach the raw record for one of these updates or I am reimaginings. Definitely thinking about that. And, and it, yeah, I am definitely thinking about that. And I haven't got the actual answer to how I'm going to approach that yet. Other than I think it has to be something very spontaneous and quick and written and conceived and released almost overnight. You know, a bit like uh, um, uh, Shine On, you know, John Lennon, uh, Instant Karma. Raw, yeah. There's other ways of spelling, putting those uh, three words, to, three letters together, isn't there? <laughs> Should sense. we leave it there? <laughs> and, Let's keep people guessing. And uh, okay, do, what do you think of the new Who record? It... Yeah, I, uh, at first I wasn't quite sure because uh, I wasn't uh, sure about uh, 
about it at first, but then uh, the more I've played it, I've, I've, it's the certain elements have really grown on me. So it's still it's still a record. I actually did buy it a year ago, uh, and uh, through a friend of mine, Gary Zoldos, who he told me that if you go on the Who site and purchase it now, you'll get a signed copy from Pete Townsend. So I did, and mine <laughs> arrived just before Christmas. So uh, uh, yeah, I've been playing it and. Uh, and I'm still still at the assimilating stage, but at first I was a little bit, oh, I'm not sure. But then uh, it, 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 all this music must fade has really started to get to me, and I really love. That's I've probably opened the door into the rest of the album through that one yeah, song. That's that's me. I heard that song. I was like, okay, well, this is something that they haven't done in a really long time, so it sounds really really cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything good. else do you want to say for the end of the year and the beginning of next year before we? Uh, before we sign off, Steve, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to you in 2029 and seeing where this whole adventure has taken us. <laughs> awesome. Oh